0: We are continuing this series called Pictures of the Kingdom, where we're looking at what Matthew 13 says uh, about, about the Kingdom of Heaven, and Jesus is teaching all these parables about, about what the Kingdom of Heaven is like. So if you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. Um, we have a couple guys who are going to come around, pass out Bibles, raise them high um, so that they can see you. And you, you can keep this Bible if you don't own a Bible, but if you do own a Bible, uh, we just ask you to set it on the back Connect desk on your way out. All right. So, like I said, we were we're we're in this series, pictures of the kingdom. Um, this week on uh, Facebook, I was uh, a friend of mine, an old high school friend. She posted a uh, an article, and it was an article about how much she hates Phoenix. I was hurt because I'm from Phoenix. And so most of her friends were commenting on this, and they're like, oh, yeah, Phoenix is the worst, yeah, and all this kind of stuff. I imagine that's how they speak. And then I commented on it, and I said, you know, I might have been a little sarcastic and said, like, maybe you should move, or something like that, all right? And uh, then she deleted me off of uh, Facebook. (laughs) Uh, So I think that's the first time I've been deleted, to my knowledge, Um, from someone's friend list. And I think she just deleted me because she didn't expect someone to come up and say something different. She didn't expect me to come up and go, oh, Phoenix is pretty great. Um, you don't have to live here, or whatever. And so she didn't expect what I was going to say. And so the parables of the kingdom so far, it's, it's been kind of like that. Because we're like, okay, we're going to learn about the kingdom. And then Jesus starts to teach these parables. And you're like, that's not really what I expected you to say about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven right? And so like the first week he goes, okay, the kingdom of heaven is kind of like this farmer that goes out and he, he casts seed to all these different soils and it, it, sometimes it grows, sometimes it doesn't. Different things happen to it. And you're like, that's, well, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. And then last week he says, oh, it's kind of like this other farm situation where there's a farmer and he plants some wheat, but then his enemy comes and plants some weeds and they grow together. And then at the end of time, the weeds go one way, the weeds go another way. And you're just like, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like? Jesus, this is, this is kind of confusing. And, and Jesus is going to do it again to us today. He's going he's gonna to say some things that we, that we wouldn't expect to hear about the kingdom of heaven. And much more, the people of that time, they were, they were not going to expect that, that Jesus, this rabbi, who is the Messiah, um, to describe the kingdom of heaven in this way. And we, what we've learned the last few weeks is the kingdom of heaven is more than just this place we go to when we die. It's, it's really this establishment of God's. It's really this idea that God, that Jesus is king, and he has a way of life for all of us. He has a way that he wants this world to be. And so uh, those are some of the kind of differences we've been learning about the kingdom. And so Jesus, again, today he's going to continue that, and we'll see what this, what being a citizen in the kingdom of God is like. So today we're going to see how the kingdom grows. We're going to see how it grows in two different ways, actually. So let's just hop into it. We're in Matthew 13. Let's start in verse 31. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is larger than all garden, all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Okay, we'll stop right there. So, Jesus is, is describing kingdom. And sometimes with parables, and this is kind of just for free, sometimes with parables, we kind of go into a parable and we look at it, and we go, okay, well, what does this part mean? What is the farmer? What is the birds? What is the tree? What is the seed? All these things. And sometimes that's okay, especially when Jesus helps us out and he defines the parable for us. But sometimes in parables, Jesus is just trying to get out a general idea of what the kingdom of God is like or what something is like that he's describing. And so today, that's, that's kind of what he, he's doing. We could go into the parable and we could say, oh, what do the birds represent and all this kind of stuff. But I think they just represent actual birds, okay? And so, so, so we got to be careful. And so Jesus is, he, he paints this picture. And he paints this picture of this mustard seed that gets planted in the ground. It's, he says it's the smallest seed, and it grows into a big tree. And I think they're like 8 to 10 feet tall or, or bigger or whatever. I'm not a botanist. And so he, he, he paints this picture of something small growing into something large, hence the birds, because now they can live in this thing that was once a seed. And so the big point we can see about the kingdom of God here is that he's saying that the kingdom of God— Has small beginnings and then grows into this huge thing. And so the kingdom of God has these, it starts off small and grows into this huge thing, which to the Jewish people would be a bit shocking because they were occupied by Rome. They, they, they were not their, their own people. They had to listen to Caesar. They had to do what Rome said to do. They were not their own people, which was not what they expected. They expected to be their own people. They, they were waiting for a Messiah to come and, and free them from this occupation. They thought, man, this Messiah is going to come. He's going to save us. He's going to whoop up on Rome. They don't want to talk about it at dinner parties, though, so they wouldn't get in trouble. And so and it, that's what they expected. They expected this explosive kingdom. And so when Jesus, this rabbi, is walking around and he's talking about the kingdom of God, they expect Jesus to go, the kingdom of God is like this guy with a sword that comes and beats everybody up and takes over for Israel. That's what they expected to hear. But when he says, yeah, it's actually like a seed that's very small and it, and it grows over time, that, that was unexpected for them. Luckily, we're, we're on the other side of Jesus. We're on the other side of of history so we can see man is what Jesus said is true about the kingdom of God did it grow in this way so let's take a moment and look historically how the kingdom of God has grown well it really just started off with Jesus right he starts off as a as a baby boy now he's god so he could have chose to just come in full-fledged man form but he chose to come as this small baby. And then as the baby gets older, turns into a kid, he doesn't really do too much of significance that we know about. He hangs out with some, some Jewish leaders one time in a synagogue, but that's about as far as it goes. And then as he gets older, it's not till his 30s before things start happening. And so you can see this is, this is kind of like the mustard seed of the kingdom of heaven. It starts off small. It's not, it's not growing explosively. And then, instead of this Messiah coming and taking things over, he, what he does is he just walks around. He enlists a bunch of fishermen and different guys to hang out with him and learn what the kingdom of heaven is about. And so he, he walks around teaching what God's way is really like, what the kingdom of God is really like, and, and teaching them the gospel. And then, he, and, and then he starts doing some miracles. He starts healing people. He starts doing bigger things. But all the while, while he's doing these big miracles and things, he keeps telling people, hey, don't tell, don't tell them about this because my time is not here yet. And so it's still kind of just small. And sure, there's probably hundreds and even thousands of people that would follow Jesus or seek Jesus in different ways. But it's still small in light of of. rest of Israel. But what happens is these these religious leaders, these Jewish leaders, they look at Jesus and say, man, that, you're, you're not preaching right. That's not what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so they plot to kill him. And they kill Jesus. He dies. Eleven of his, twelve, he has twelve homeboys. Eleven of them essentially desert him. One guy is kind of following, but still kind of lame himself. And these guys, basically all of, uh, of Christianity is squashed in that moment. Almost. But then Jesus raises three days later, and the disciples are like, oh, wait. Yeah, he told us that. I forgot. And then, and then, Jesus hangs out with them for like 40 days or something, and, and then more and more followers are like, dude, I saw him die, and now he's walking around cooking fish. Like, this is crazy. And so he, the followers of Jesus begin to grow, still probably not a lot, and then Jesus says, okay, guys, I, I know I'm back to life, but I'm going to peace out now for a while. Good luck. Um, send in the Holy Spirit. So he pieces out. And they're like, what? And then angels are just like, too bad. Get away. <laughs> or like, whatever. <laughs> like, what? And and so it's still to me, this is still mustard seed level, because I'm just like, what is happening right now? And so so Jesus ascends into heaven and these these disciples of Jesus, these followers of Jesus, they they sit around and they pray. They pray that the Holy Spirit would come. And so then the Holy Spirit comes and it fills the Christians, and then craziness breaks out. People are speaking in tongues. We know we're uncomfortable with that. And all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff starts happening. They start uh, all kinds of miracles. But again, this is all just confined to Jerusalem. It's all just confined to, the, to Jerusalem. And so what happens, though, is these the, the old religious leaders, they're coming back like, hey, stop. We don't like you or whatever. And they literally start arresting them, beating them to death. And these Christians, for the most part, start proclaiming the word of God more because of that. And it's crazy. But then things start amping up a lot. And a lot of the Christians go, you know what? I'm not going to live in Jerusalem anymore because I don't like getting whipped. Um, so they take off and they go all over the place. And with them grows the kingdom of God. And we, we begin to see the kingdom of God grow outside of Jerusalem. It doesn't just stay in Jerusalem. As these people uh, leave because of persecution, they, they, they bring the gospel with them. They bring the way of the kingdom of God with them, and we begin to see it grow. And now today, a white boy like me loves and knows Jesus because these people were faithful. People like Paul were faithful to go out and spread the gospel out farther and farther. And so we see that the, the kingdom of God, is it is like a mustard seed. It was something that started off really small and then grew into this large, major religion now with Billions of followers or claimed followers of, of Jesus. So we can see what, what Jesus is saying about the kingdom of heaven is true. Let's, uh, let's go on to verse 33. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened. And so now he switches gears a little bit. And, but, and he, he starts to say, okay, now the kingdom of heaven is also like when a, when a woman is baking and she puts in leaven in the bread, and what leaven did back then is basically ferment. It was kind of like yeast, and, and it moved throughout the bread, and it made it fluffy, nice, and soft, and whatever, and, and, and just spread throughout the whole bread, right? So that, so the idea here is, is Jesus saying the kingdom of heaven is like this, this small the small idea that goes into a person, but then begins to permeate their whole life, begins to move through their whole life, begins to take a part of their whole heart, mind, and body. And so, I mean, we, we can definitely see that the, that the kingdom of heaven is like this. For me, I, I grew up in the church, but I don't think I was saved at a young age, I believed the Bible, but it was more because it was a cultural thing. But then as time went on, when I was about 14, 15, Jesus really got a hold of my heart. And Jesus uh, really showed me that, that he loved me. And that's, that's when I was changed and, and I began to follow Jesus. But before that, I, I was a terrible person. I, like, I hated probably all of my family members. And they're all great people. I hated my family members for no reason. I was angry all the time. I was prideful. I was arrogant. I was a liar. I would lie to my friends all the time about things I, like, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I fought all kinds of people. I've never been in a fight in my life, and all kinds of stuff like this, and I was this just, just a dirtbag person, really, just ramping up to be someone you don't want to work with. And what happened, though, is, is Jesus came in, and he began to change my heart and he, and there was just this little idea in there of of I love you Anthony I love you and look at what I've done to save you and this began to take a hold of my heart and I began to change and over time I didn't hate my family as much and I began to even love my family and I began to be less angry and I began to stop lying to my friends about things and 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 still today the God's word, the gospel, begins to permeate and change the parts of me that are not like Jesus. And so in these two parables, we, we see what growth in the kingdom of heaven looks like. We see two pictures. We see this corporate growth. That means together, everybody, of the kingdom of heaven like a mustard seed into a giant tree. And then we kind of see this individual growth, like in the, the story of, of the leaven going throughout the whole bread and I think the reason the Jesus tells these together is they go together. I don't think you could have one without the other. I don't think you could have the individual growth of the gospel uh, and not have the corporate gro- growth of the gospel and the, and the kingdom of heaven in our lives. I don't, I don't think you can have one without the other if God is truly doing a work in us and so today I want to talk about how those things kind of intertwine And how how we can help the kingdom of heaven grow. How we can start living these principles out a little bit better. And I especially want to talk about how we can um, encourage this lifestyle of the mustard seed growing into a tree. And so for the rest of the sermon, I want to encourage you guys to go places where the kingdom of God isn't yet. Here's what I mean. So like Vince talked about, I think last week, he talks about how the, the, the whole earth, really the whole universe, is God's kingdom because he's God and he's king over all. But as Jesus came to earth, he said, seek first the kingdom. He said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he started to show how he was bringing forth this kingdom of heaven. And then he left. And he said, well, I'm going to come back one day and I'll renew all things and I'll establish my kingdom more fully. And so in the meantime, I think Jesus wants us to spread the kingdom of God. He wants us to spread the kingdom of heaven throughout the earth. And we saw that through the disciples moving throughout uh, the regions in the Middle East and then the generations after them moving farther and farther, east and west and north and south. Because even though the earth is all God's kingdom, there are places where God's kingdom just isn't visible, right? We know those places. There's places in our very own city where we would go and we, we would say, man, I don't know if the kingdom of heaven is here. Even though this is God's kingdom, even though he has claimed this as his, I don't know if I, I see God's kingdom here. And so I think he wants to use us to go to those places and, and establish the kingdom of God. And so that's why today I want to encourage us as Christians, I want to encourage us as Redemption Church to be a people that looks for places to plant the kingdom of heaven. To plant this mustard seed idea of the kingdom of heaven. Because that's how I think it still grows. Even though historically and even globally Christianity is this giant tree of a thing now. I think there are still places, though, where the kingdom of heaven hasn't reached or hasn't touched, and God wants us to go there and, and like a mustard seed, see it grow there. And so that's what I want us to, I, I just want to promote today. I have a, a friend um, down in the valley, at uh, Jason, he's a pastor at uh, Redemption Tempe, and I was hanging out with a bunch of friends and some of the pastors there, and one of the pastors said, okay, if you guys could write any book, if you could write any book, what would it be about? And, you know, I was like, I don't know, I don't, I have no idea. And then someone, you know, some hipster person was like, art or whatever, and just like all this kind of stuff, and uh, just like these little niche things. But this guy, Jason, he said, you know, this is what I would write about. And it doesn't sound very exciting, but this is what I would write about. I'd write about living day to day as a Christian. And he said, I'd I'd write about this idea of you get a guy, he becomes a Christian or or a girl, becomes a Christian day one, and then day two happens. They probably don't look that different. And then day three happens. They probably don't look that different yet. But years down the line, this person begins to change and look very different. And the world around them, their worlds around them begin to look different because of God's work in their life. And I think this is the principle of the mustard seed and the principle of the leaven going hand in hand. This is the idea is that, that God would take us from one place and he would grow the kingdom of God, not only individually in our lives, but he would grow the kingdom of God in the world around us. And so that's, that's, that's kind of the... That's what I want us to be a people that seek. I want us to be a people that look for places where, the, where, we, where we feel we don't see visible manifestations of the kingdom of God. This is, this is what it looks like to me. Here's just a few examples. It can look like going to a city with a church plant. Going to a city that, that doesn't have very many churches and choosing to live in that city for a time. Students of, of NAU and Flagstaff, it could look like choosing to stay here in Flagstaff with us and help us grow this, this church and, and help us grow the kingdom of God here in Flagstaff. It could look like choosing to stay at a particular workplace. It could be you saying, man, I have this certain skill set. I have these certain, uh, a certain degree, and you get a job at a place that is dark. That people bicker, tattle on each other. Don't hold up the, the values of the kingdom. And you say, I'm going to stay here so that possibly the kingdom of heaven might grow here. So that, that people might be able to get a glimpse of what God is about if I stay here. You could be seen in a neighborhood it could be a broken neighborhood. It could be a not so broken neighborhood and, and saying, man, I'm going to live in this neighborhood. I'm going to live in this neighborhood and I'm going to try and influence my neighbors for God. I'm going to try to live in a way that shows the kingdom of God, not just using evangelism, but in my life and how I take care of my yard and how I take care of my house, how I take care of my children. And you could even invite friends to live in that neighborhood with you to help with that. It could look like uh, what a lot of missionaries do. And they go overseas and they look for these, these places where the gospel hasn't gone yet. Where they, they say, man, I want to bring the gospel to this, this tribe in this jungle somewhere. Or this city that, that is closed to the gospel or has, has never really received it. It can look like all those things. Basically, if we want to spread the kingdom of God, if we want to spread the kingdom of heaven, it's looking at the world and seeing where God's love and peace hasn't touched it yet and saying, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go there and I'm going to ask that God would somehow work through me, that somehow God would work through me to spread this kingdom. There's this idea of shalom in the Bible, and it's kind of, we don't have a very good translation for it. We usually use peace um, in our English translations, but the idea is that, that God had a way of life for the earth. He had a way of thi- that, that things should be. And I think that if we looked at the world with this idea of shalom and said, man, what, what do neighborhoods look like? In God's eyes, what should they look like? In God's eyes, what do our workplaces look like? In God's eyes, what do um, our schools look like? In God's eyes, and then we actually went to those places and tried to bring shalom there. I think that's what would would spread the kingdom of heaven. There, this is this is not an easy thing. This is not an easy thing because I know what it's like to, to live here in America. I know what it's like to live here. And the, honestly, it's, it's tough enough living uh, and just making a living for yourself, having a family, doing these kinds of things without saying to yourself, well, guess what? I want to go to a broken place now. It, it's tough enough just living that way. It, it, and it's really opposite of what our culture says. Our culture says, man, get the best job possible. Man, get the nicest house possible. Get be in a neighborhood with great schools. All these kinds of things that we that we that our culture promotes and hears, and then even our fellow Christians promote and say, "Man, get more comfortable." And they don't really say that, but they'll say, "Get out of that neighborhood." Right? Uh, Jessica's uh, grandmother, my wife, Jessica, she uh, she knows we live on the third floor. And when we, when uh, Jessica got pregnant, like a year and a half ago, whatever it was, um, her grandmother was like, "Oh no, you live on the third floor." (laughs) And I was like, "What? (laughs) Like, this is not a major worry, but it was a worry for her." And so it just comes from all sides in all kinds of ways, usually from our culture and mostly from our family, to promote us to man, get more comfortable, get get away from this. And and the principle of the mustard seed and the principle of spreading the kingdom of heaven is not comfortable at all. It's not comfortable in the least. You have to go to a place. You have to find insignificance and be there. It's easier to go to a place and go, I'm going to go to this big established church and I'm going to do things there and it's going to be awesome. And there's nothing wrong being a part of a, a big established church. That's awesome in a lot of instances, but for some of you more mature believers, and I think even if you're an immature believer, you can do this, is you need to look for those places specifically where God has kind of placed you and say, man, I have an opportunity to live here in this broken place and spread God's kingdom. I have an opportunity to live as a citizen that is spreading God's kingdom over here. And, it, and it's difficult. It's not easy. Our church is actually, I think our church is full of those people. A lot of the team that moved up with Vince, they uh, foregoed, I don't know how to say that, uh, that comfort to live here, right? And they, they chose to live here. There's, there's actually one couple here in particular that I thought um, lived this out well is uh, actually Kelly and Randy Morris. And they would be mad if I was using this, but too bad. Um, Because they're great people, and they're humble people. But uh, Kelly and Randy, they, they saw, they heard about us, and they just came alongside us from the start as a church plant here in Redemption. And, you know, they're not old, but they're older than us. And they could go to a church where they could find people their age more easily, and, the, and, and have a more comfortable situation and probably have a pastor who preaches better than 26-year-old me to them. But they chose to stay alongside us and, and actually pour into our lives and spend time with us and hang out with us and talk to us as if we are peers even though we're not and, and just love us well. And I know it's, it, it, at times it has to be uncomfortable for them. At times, it has to be different for them. At times, it has to be difficult for them. Because honestly, they could be at a church where there's people older than them, pouring into their lives and pouring into them and loving them. But they, but they understand this principle of the mustard seed. I'm sorry if I embarrass you guys. But they understand this principle of the mustard seed. They understand that the kingdom of heaven needs to spread throughout the world. They understand that the kingdom of heaven has small roots sometimes, and it, and it takes a while before that grows. And so they've chose to, to help the kingdom of heaven grow here in Flagstaff. And it, that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't look very exotic or exciting or romantic or like they're superheroes or anything, Right? They just just chose to do some simple things that were at a cost to them and has helped us tremendously and has has loved Flagstaff well. I think that's what it looks like for us to live this principle out, is for us to to look for those kinds of opportunities, look for those situations, and say, God, where can you use me? God, where can I go? Here's why it matters. We— we have to live this way because there's people that don't know what the kingdom of God looks like. If you just listen to the media or listen to anything or go on Facebook for a while, you look at what people say about God and say about Jesus and say about Christianity, and they, they don't understand it. They, they talk about it like it's this works-based thing. Like we're a bunch of people that are just like, hey, don't do this and don't do this and don't do this. When that's not the kingdom of God. Now, some of that is there, but the kingdom of God is this idea that Jesus has come and has given us a new hope. It's this idea that Jesus has said, I, I'm God. I've done everything you need to be saved. I created you even. I have a different way of life for you, a different way that things were meant to be for you. And so if we go to these places where people don't know that and we start to live that way, they'll, they'll start to go, why do you live that way? And they might not even say that. In my life, that doesn't ever happen. But what happens is I begin to be a part of people's lives and I begin to go, hey, let me tell you the hope I have. Let me tell you the hope I have. Let me tell you God's way of, of doing things. And then God begins to work in these people's hearts and they begin to go, man, the kingdom of heaven is attractive. The kingdom of heaven is Maybe I was was made for this. Maybe I was made to be a part of this. And then maybe they would put their faith in the idea that Jesus has done everything we need to be saved. That Jesus lived the perfect life that we can't. That he died the death on the cross, taking the punishment for our sins, and then raised three days later so we could share life with him. That's my hope. That's my hope. And, And we could... We could still be great Christians wherever we are. But there's something in me and there's something in Redemption Church that wants to see this, this principle of the mustard seed go forth. We want to equip people. We want to help people to be, be believers and followers of Jesus who go to the places where the kingdom of heaven isn't visible. Let's be a people that helps the kingdom of God grow even when it's slow and unexciting. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for I thank you for these teachings about the kingdom of heaven. I thank you that they're so counterintuitive to what we want. God, we want things to be big. We want things to be explosive. We want things to be easy and awesome. But sometimes the kingdom of heaven does not start out that way. All times, I would say, probably, God. And so, God, help us to be a people that want the kingdom of heaven to grow like a mustard seed. Help us to look places where we can plant the kingdom of heaven and live there. And, and God, more than anything, give us the strength to do it. And so, Holy Spirit, we need you for this. We need you to speak to us in ways clearly to know where you're guiding us and leading us. Because at times, God, it's going to seem like we're doing crazy things to even our friends and family around us. And so, God, we need to hear from you in a real way so that we do not turn from that. So, God, help us to be a people that spread your kingdom, spread your gospel, and spread the hope of the world, which is you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for all you've done. Amen.